What's up, all you trip takers out there? You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a family podcast where each and every time I open like uh, open up an episode and just like release it for everybody, we sit down with a member of my family and we have a huge, long conversation about what it's like to start a religion because of some fungus. What's up, dudes, babes, babe dudes, dude babes? Um, this is going to be a super quick intro because this next episode is one that I uploaded on the Instagram uh, way back when, almost a year ago when uh, I actually recorded this. So um, we're really behind, but that's okay. Um, we've gotten things figured out. This is the last episode that I'm going to be uploading on the Spotify before we go to the Patreon. So it's going to be happening super, super quick here. Um, and the reason why I want this to be quick is because I'm leaving for Utah literally tomorrow. So um, it's an episode with Jared, and he talks about his shamanistic practice and how he meditates himself into a trip-like state and is able to learn how to build knives from a Japanese demon called the Tengu. So... This is, a, this is an episode, guys. I hope you enjoy the next installment of the episode that I have with my mom's little brother, Jared. Sweet, what's up, everybody? We're going to fucking just do this shit. All right, we've already been recording for how long? Uh, almost three, well, almost two and a half hours? Yep. Cool, awesome. All right, let, oh, me, yeah. know, let me know when you're ready. In- Inception. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. Awesome. Some people are popping in. Uh, to be honest, whoever is coming in right now, I do not know who uh, you are because my phone's far away. Um, I'm just going to say, what's up? How's it going? This is my Uncle Hi. Jared. Uh, you guys might know this guy from uh, Forged and Fire, uh, a few vignette in, uh, um, interviews in My Five Wives. Yep. Um, or making knives with Post Malone, which we'll get to at some point. Um, <laughs> drop that a little bit. A little, I, I didn't mean to drop the mic so hard. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, we had this very spur of the moment idea to just like have a little vignette of some area that I enjoy about talking with my Uncle Jared. And so we're just going to get into it. Yep. What do you want? You I tell me. Th- I think that something, something that I have found so fascinating about you, and that we've talked about this a ton. Uh, you influenced my tattoo heavily. Mm. Um, just this knowledge of uh, this effort to learn about the mystical nature, shamanism, Native American, weirder. Esoteric stuff. Esoteric, yes, exactly. That's a yeah. perfect way to describe it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So when did that start? Where did that interest come in? Okay. <clears throat> Post-polygamous days. Okay. So actually it would have been, um, well, honestly, the esoteric is based in religion, right? Because it's that God, myth, magic, magic. So, so that's always been a part of life is having this. So the like, esoteric is just the old religion. Yeah. The es- well, the esoteric is the non-physical belief. Oh, it's, okay. It's the, gotcha. the belief of something beyond the physical body for me. So the spirit. Spirit is esoteric, right? Oh, so, I, I guess what I referenced was like yeah. religion 
at its oldest was oh, this type of thing. Yeah. Well, so that yeah. So shamanism, at least for me, and and the little and, and well, not the little bit, the lots that I've studied predates Christianity. Like the 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 beginnings of the shamanism that I studied was predates Christianity, predates modern day religions. Okay. So when you mean by like type of shamanism, that must mean there's like several types. There is, and and I don't know all of them. It I just mean, attached to various cultures, and, various cultures, various belief structures, various systems. You know the. The teacher that I had learned from, I think it was the Kuna tradition, which traces its roots back to like Egypt. Oh, right? okay. But All it right. goes through like different variations. Like everything forms. has its lineage. Yeah, sure. sure. So, but where I started getting really interested in it was so, so I had left polygamy, which you'll find on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you're listening through the Instagram of this podcast. That's right. Yeah. But so, but so I left, I left the polygamy stuff when I was like 16. And then I kind of floated through life for a while. Yeah. No real direction of, of spiritual beliefs, right or wrong. I was kind of just finding myself. And then... I, I think that's a kind of common thing that happens for everybody. Everybody. At that age too, that, right? That whole like like mid-teens into like the early 20s is like the, the where am I? Oh, 30s, yeah. 40s, but mid-teens is where it all kind of kicks <laughs> no, I think off. It's, I, I, think, I think you're right. There's something to be said that like nobody has their shit figured out yet. <laughs> no, I, I should <laughs> yeah. still don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but... But it was been so it was when my kids were born. Okay. Um, and like like my oldest son was born and that was like, hey, so cause I, I partied pretty hard, you know. High school, all that stuff. Oh uh, yeah, post high school in my twenties. I, I I was a nineties boy, so we, we I raged it, you know. That won't be part of the live part of this, no. but it'll be on a different section. No, but when you know you start having kids, you start simmering down. It's like, okay, maybe there's gotta be maybe something more in life some deeper meaning yeah. you know i just come out of you know i'm out of the polygamous stuff like the whole heaven and hell stuff is a joke to me like that doesn't work okay and so i started looking for a a, a spiritual a, a spiritual like modality or model that i could that i could be a part of that would bring some some deeper meanings right give me some some purpose behind some things um and so i started you know I knew that like the organized Christian religions weren't my thing. I'd been in those. Um, Thank you. So I did a little bit of dabbling in Buddhism and a little bit of dabbling in this. And then I actually found martial arts and I started doing martial arts. That's right. And one of the teachers. That's I, right, I know that. Okay. Yeah. So I started doing martial arts because it's martial arts. It's cool, right? Yeah. Well, I was really lucky in that my first martial arts teacher was very heavy on meditation and more like the internal side of things. So a lot of the training is, yes, you train physical forms and techniques, but you would also do a lot of meditating. Oh, so he was taking a little bit more of the, uh, the, the mind part the, of the martial mind arts. part of it. So okay. a lot of, you know, um, warriorship attributes that we would, you know, a lot of NLP and warriorship attributes and like these mantras that we'd say to ourselves to create the change in ourselves that we wanted to be. And what's NLP again? NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, okay. so instead of having to follow a set of rules from like a book and an old guy in a suit that was you know it was his opinion on how you had to live it was how do you want to be and then this is how you get there and that really i liked that that was me for me not As some old fuck some, telling me how to be me yeah it was this is this is the best version of me that i can think of and this is the he was teaching me how to access that yeah that was my first teacher through him i was able to find my shaman teacher Okay. And because the shamanism took it that one step deeper because the shamanism then got into the world around me, not just my personal awareness and how I wanted to be, but how did that spirit interact with the world around me? Yeah. Trees. Sure. The ground. Spirits. Um, 
entities, objects, learning how to tune in and be the cup. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Literally, that's something we trained to do was to how to how to be a cup. And okay. and it's really weird because then like you just like you feel like like weird, you know. Yeah. So you you train these things, and all it does though is that it brings in this uh, this aware, this intimate awareness of the world around you. Okay. Is what it does. Um, so so for me, the shamanism is what I use to replace the the fundamental fundamentalist Mormonism or polygamy that that group, the shamanism replaced that. Yeah. But what it did was I'd been raised my whole life in a spiritual, um, spiritual world. And now I didn't have it for a lot of years. And now I wanted it back because I had a family and I had kids and I'm like, ah, I kind of probably need something there to keep the magic alive and to kind of keep a direction. Here's a question. Did, did, did you, so this is Elijah, by the way. Hey, what's up? Yeah, my boy. <laughs> um, so did, was this kind of idea of like, you know, the, the search for your own path and that kind of stuff, was that something that you got from your dad? Yeah, at like the age of 12, probably. Okay. 12 to 14. That's okay. when that started. Okay. And the same kind of teaching. I mean, did you ever do martial arts or anything like that? Very little. Very yeah. little. Okay. Did a little taekwondo for a little while. Yeah, a little taekwondo and then buddy Nate taught, taught me just some stuff yeah. in yeah. the yard. I so. remember Nate doing that with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Nate. Yeah. Nate's good people. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's rad. That's super cool. Yeah. I did I did one karate class with uh, the older uncle. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he I did like two classes with him and then I was like, I don't really know if I like this or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's where the shamanism kind of came from was that needing, feeling like I needed to get something like spiritual something back in my life, right? Yeah. And I did it for, I, I, try, I studied in the shamanism for quite a few years. I remember, I remember like times with, with, you know, conversations that, you know, I would say, well, how's uncle Jared doing down in Utah? Mm -hmm. And then I would always hear like, well, he's probably just climbing rocks. <laughs> um, but then I remember a few times being, I, I remember seeing a picture of you, um, and you were doing a kata yep. with, with, um, with my sword. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it that one where I'm sitting like this and I'm like on my knees and I'm kind of looking off to the side? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was actually when I tested for my black belt in Yaido. That was that. That okay. was that time. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, that was kind of where it started from. Um, and then I stuck with it because it was so fun. Yeah. Like, it's just an enjoyable thing for you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's like it's magical and it's fun to have magic right so that's that's why i still enjoy it is because it's fun yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care if it's real or not that doesn't matter to me totally it's what i get from it yeah so so that's a big piece of the shamanism you know because i did it for a lot of years and i went really far down the rabbit hole um where does that know, rabbit hole go in deep shamanism as deep as you want to go like i've traveled the universe you know in my in in astral projection which is kind of a crude thing you hear about the astral projection yeah that's pretty crude actually journeying is a much more refined state that you can go to the causal realms and and the cabot realms and the okay so realms oh, and okay you're hitting me with a lot because it sounds like a marvel movie um it it well, it, it kind of is <laughs> okay <laughs> So, okay, so here's right. the deal. Okay, Crash Course. Crash Course in, in Shamanic Journeying 101. Yeah. A guy that's not too good at it, but... <laughs> All right. But well, hey, I'm not an expert lot. in this shit anyway. Yeah, like, so no, you, have no. like, you have like the different realms. And yeah. 
you have like the astral plane and astral realm, and then you have like the ethereal planes, and these are all like different dimensions, sure. I guess, spiritual dimensions. Yeah. And so a big piece of shamanism, at least for what I studied, was there Rotate was a lot the mic of, a little bit more towards your, there we go, perfect, sorry. Cool, no Nitpicky. problem. So a lot of it was learning how to, how to journey through those dimensions. Okay, right? gotcha. So you can leave your body, so to speak, your spirit leaves your body and you travel to the astral realm. That's where like the vampires and the werewolves exist. The monsters that we see and hear. Which in the plane is corners, that? The astral. Astral. Yes. Then you go up from there and there's the I'm ethereal. so glad I brought a, I brought a pen. Yes, take your notes. There'll Thank be a you. quiz on this later. Okay, so astral is like vampires and like yep, the Universal Studios like, monsters. Yep, okay. monsters. Frankenstein's yeah. in the astral plane. Yep, Got it. Exactly. Okay. And then you have the ethereal plane. Ethereal. It's a little bit higher up. And then you get into like the causal realm. I can't even remember all the realms at this point. I'm not even going to Google it. Yeah, totally Google it. I think there's actually like three or four more that I can't remember right now because it's been a lot of years. If anybody is watching uh, or plays Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you're probably never familiar with realms. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, so, so you, you learn how to journey through these realms to get answers to things. Like you can ask questions and get answers. You go to the Cabot Library. It's like an, uh, uh, an imaginary, it's a perfect term for it, it's an imaginary library where all the information that's ever had has been or ever will be is and you can access it right and, I, and i've had really really crazy weird experiences with this you know of, of learning things like instantaneously that i didn't previously know like what just weird stuff in like you know because I'm, I'm a knife maker right so i yeah. make stuff and i was like i wonder how i would make this and you know almost like go in meditate and do my thing like oh come out and just do it and this is not under the influence of any chemical. No, this is so, so the one thing that I really loved about my shamanic teacher, he had never in his life taken any alcohol or drugs. He believed now. So there's ways of doing shamanism. Sure. So you, you know, ayahuasca trips and peyote trips. That's a very integral part of a lot of shamanic training. Yeah. Totally viable. Totally works. My teacher said, believes there's more power if you can access those realms without any drugs. So his it's whole pure. life has been, how do, how do you access the same level without the drugs? Yeah. And so that was the training I did. So when I'm doing that stuff, I don't want any drugs. You, when you are practicing that, practicing meditating, that, everything yes. else, you don't want to be taking an edible. You don't want to be exactly. munching down on shrooms and or anything. Because you know, you're, you're going to this place that's outside of our realm. And we have a veil there, like there's filters, right? There's yeah. filters between our spirit and our body. And we interpret, this body interprets the signals coming from the spiritual realm. Okay. And, and it's a veil, so it gets muddied. And Do so you th drugs can muddy it more. That makes sense. That's so, the belief. I, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you. So with those influences, did that tie in any sort of like thing for you with the concept of the veil in Mormon cosmology? I, well, I was able to relate to the veil because of the Mormon cosmology. Okay, so so when he when the background he would knowledge about, of that helped that okay exactly yeah okay. it did lend itself to it the most definitely okay 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 so so yeah so you got these journeying things and that brings into play how you can learn all these cruel crazy shamanic things and these esoteric beliefs and you can gain knowledge from this vast library that exists in this other dimension sure but it also for me though it also brought me closer to like you know nature and the woods and trees and myself is like oh actually this everything's pretty pretty much resonating at very similar frequencies that's why we can see it that's why we can interact with it is because we're all similar frequencies resonating here and so instead of me going off the deep end spiritually thinking it's all god-given magic and ethereal beings 
it actually did the exact opposite for me. My study, really? my study in deep esoteric shamanism actually gave me more of a belief in how hard science works because I don't think it is magical stuff. I think literally it's all resonant frequencies, magnetic impulses. We can measure how our bodies interact on, elect on electrical scale through magnetics and yeah, frequencies. Yeah, yeah. We can yeah. measure that now. Yeah. And I think a lot of the other stuff is just made up by how our brain gives us the interpretation of it. Yeah. So it's not super magic. We're it's just, just the science we haven't discovered yet. It's the science we haven't discovered. Yet. It's all resonant frequency stuff. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Like when yeah. people didn't understand where the sun went at night. Yeah. You know, or, or like, oh, there's lightning. Exactly. There's a way that that can be harnessed. Holy shit. Exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. Perfect example. My back tattoo. I got a massive tengu on my back. Right? Such a cool tattoo. Yeah, I love my tango. It's almost done. I got to get it done. Yeah. But I had a journey. This is a cool one. We talked about maybe what kind of journey to talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. I had a journey. This is the story of my back tango, my, my tango on my back. I was going to ask you about the tattoo at some point. Yep. So I had, I was making a lot of swords at the time. I was training a lot of martial arts at the time. I was really heavy. I was training two different martial arts at the time. Which two? Wuji Ju Yun Fa Gung Fu and Iaido, a Chinese art and a Japanese art. Oh, cool. Yeah, Chinese cool. art is very flowy, very circular. This Japanese art is very linear, very disciplined. Straight, very disciplined. And I was making a lot of swords at the time, and I had some questions on sword making. And I can't even really remember the question, to be honest with you. But I was like, okay, I need to, I want to learn how to do this specific thing in making a sword. I think it was, had to do with balance and proportions or something. And so my teacher's like, well, maybe I just go ask the question. You can use your spirit animals, ask them the question, and they'll take you to a place to find the answer. Okay, so what are those animals? So that is an antelope and a wolf. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So I go in, I, I do my little meditation thing, I get into my little spirit realm, my antelope approaches, cool, that's the one I'm supposed to talk to. So I, I pull out my gift, I give it to the antelope, because you always give them a gift, service for a service, energy for energy, right? Yeah. So energy given, energy Alchemy. received. Alchemy. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Okay. And it really works really good in just a resonant frequency type of a thing. Okay. <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. And so I give him his gift, and he's, follow me. And I start following him, and we're running through the hills. And you're, you're not do. riding on this antelope in no, this No, 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 we would run. So, so funny thing. <laughs> okay. I've never had a dream in my life of flying, ever. Really? Never once No way? Never have I dreamed of flying, but I can run at like a thousand miles an hour in my dreams. Yeah, really? I can't run at all in my dreams. Yeah. Like really? Two miles an hour, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I fly a ton. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, what's really weird about the thing is I'm the same way, but being that I am a runner <laughs> yeah. and mm -hmm. like it ran in college, all that stuff, but like... <laughs> There's nothing harder than running in a dream. Yeah. Oh, Dude, see, like, and I would just... Yeah, I, I've, I've literally in my dreams, I've ran it like the speed of sound, dude, but I've never flown a bit. So with Damn. the antelope, cause they run so fast. Yeah. It's just like the most freeing feeling, which is funny cause I hate running. Oh really? <laughs> I fucking hate running. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, so I'm running with the antelope. Okay. Cause before he'll take me to the answer, he just wants to run. So we run. We're just running. I'll We're ask you about what that cruising. means because that's really interesting. I honestly still don't know what that means. Okay, never mind then. But I love it. <laughs> so we run, right? Okay. And we get to the top of this berm and he says, I can't go any farther. You need to find him. Basically, so when your spirit animal can't follow you to the next realm or over someplace, typically means they can't go to that realm. We were going into the causal realm. The causal realm is where things actuate and happen. It causes things. 
Okay, so right. quick question, just because my brain works in the realm yep. of cartoons. <laughs> That's fine. So is his mouth like moving, saying, hey, I no. can't go any further? It's, it's, all, all, it's all telepathic. Like, it's all like telepathic. You just a feeling that you know. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, yep. gotcha, gotcha. All right. So we're in the ethereal realm. And then you can't go, he, he can't, can't go he, to the causal he realm. His, he just can't exist in the causal realm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is a script. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's okay. great fun. Gotcha. And, and, we'll, and we'll bring this full circle on why, on why I can make sense of all this in my head without laughing myself to death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because so, I was going to say, we're on the cusp. <laughs> oh, because it gets funnier. Okay. All so, right. <laughs> okay. So this is kind of, so this is interesting because it's, it's just been, it's fascinating when I look at this through like a very grounded in reality perspective like to make sense of what this is right and i'll get back to that in a minute okay I'll, I'll give you the story and then i'll give you my meaning behind the story and what it means for me so i'm on this berm he says this is all the farther i can go you'll find your answer down there and he just and he's gone he's he wants to go here. run yeah he's out of here he's an animal he's got to go chase a hubcap somewhere i don't know <laughs> speed <Okay>. goat <laughs> chase a hubcap <laughs> so i'm looking down though and i see this like machine thing working it's kind of like a power hammer thing. Okay. And it's like these little homunculi, little form of human kind forms. Little tiny like human type forms working around this thing. And then there's one like guy who's my size, a little bit bigger than me. Like obviously he's the overseer, right? He's okay. like, he's guiding these guys and they're making something. And I walk up to him and I said, I have a question for you. You have an answer for me. And he says, what are you talking about? What do you think I have an answer for you? So I have a question. I want to ask you a question. Will you give me an answer? And he says, only if you survive. And then the sword comes out and what? he attacks me. It, it is literally that. Oh, okay. Dude, only, this is so... I asked him a question <laughs> and he says, only if you survive. Dude. That was it. And then suddenly I'm in a fight for my life. Okay, so you're now in an anime. Got it. Oh, it, and it is full on anime. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like this sword comes flying out, and so so I'm in I'm in like Sound I am like training like hard right now. So I'm wind at every scene. Yeah, and like, like no, I do a backflip away from him, and he flies after me. Okay, and this is when you're studying all these martial arts. Yeah, stuff, right? so, okay. so all right, so so there. obviously, so you have power of suggestion going on here. Okay, totally. Because I'm totally. totally in the martial arts. I'm totally like. I, I have put myself, consciously put myself in a belief system that's a little outrageous knowing this, but it's so much fun. I mean, come on. Dude. Sure. Yeah. Li I've literally been practicing in my brain to fight like an anime guy. Oh, totally. can't do it in real life, but in my, in my imagination I can. And good shamans have really good imaginations. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You yeah. have to, to, to be able to do this, right? Yeah, you, totally. You're not going to be doing triple backflips from a This dude. sounds a lot like lucid dreaming. Well, it is. It is lucid dreaming. Honestly, it is like lucid dreaming journeying. Lucid dreaming journeying. Kind of almost interchangeable. Yeah, it's almost interchangeable. Okay. It really, at least for me, it really is. All I'm right. sure some people, if you're a shaman, I'm sorry, but <laughs> some people may disagree with me, but it really is very lucid dreaming. I think I have a lot of shamans that follow the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we get in this massive, huge fight. Okay, right? yeah. Massive, huge fight. Okay, you're flipping, you're we're, diving, we're ducking, flipping, dodging. Diving. Yeah, he's got a tail that keeps flashing out from under his coat, which I thought was really odd. His bird feather's tail so it turned out what it was. Well, what it turns out this guy was was a tengu. A myth tengu. Mythical Japanese demon. Um, okay, wait the, a second. Just, I, I don't mean to interrupt. 
in Japanese culture, the word demon doesn't mean what we think it is, right? No, it's a little bit different. It's a looser, yes, looser term. Thing. We think when we're when the typical Western American is demon, they think evil entity, bad work for Satan. Yeah, okay. no, no, this isn't it. This is just a demon. He's just, a demon a, is just he, a he's a he's just a kind of a monster entity, whatever. They're the okay. they're the defenders of Buddhism and the destroyers of vanity. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Now, when they were first, when the legends of the Tengu first came out. They were the opposite, so they were just destroyers, destroyers of Buddhism of, and, and defenders the, of the vanity. Yeah, okay. and then they slowly changed over a few centuries. I think about twelve hundred or so is when the the legends started kind of changing. But they are tricksters, and that was probably part of the like just the <laughs> oh, of course influenced by the history of Japan at that oh, time, sure. like feudal Japan. And sure, okay, but they've That's, always yeah. been tricksters. Like even into the eighties, there was people saying they were abducted by Tengu, and like Tengu, and then dropped off naked in the middle of a city. Like kind of like a, from a village over here and they would wake up on a sidewalk in a city over here it's like a mothman type of legend yeah, like, kind of idea there's, like there's a, some really interesting stories actually if you, like if encrypted you, like a yeah. japanese cryptid yeah whoa yeah damn that's crazy yeah so so i'm fighting a tengu is what i'm fighting now the tengu were also master bladesmiths do you ever see 47 ronin the movie with oh, Keanu Reeves? Yes, 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 yes 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 yeah so they have the swords well it's because the tengu were master bladesmiths okay that's why i was taken to a tengu because i was I had questions about bladesmithing and I had learned about Tengu. So I knew Tengu did this. So there's that power of suggestion, right? Okay. Of course I went to a Tengu. I've been learning about Tengu, right? Yeah. That's why you go there. So, but I go to, I get taken to a Tengu. I ask him the question. He says, I'll give you the answer. If you survive, he attacks me because they're also master blade wielders wielders as well. And so we're going, 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 going. And I finally defend my last blow and I survived. And then he gave me the answer, and I really don't remember it. And then, and then he hits me He's with, like, a, with a power <laughs> shot. What, what if it, what if his suggestion was just something like, "Hey, listen, don't touch it if it's hot." Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Love> you. <laughs> but yeah, so he gives me an answer, right? Yeah. After this big old huge crazy fight, he gives me this answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, and and so I was meditating in a, in a hot bath at the time so i'd put my head under the water so it's kind of muffled the sound so it felt like i'd be like floating in the oh you weren't dipping your face in you were okay face up like this so everything was muffled right i'm gonna say that was that must have been a pretty quick meditation if you're putting your face in the water (laughs) (laughs) but uh he hits me with like this weird hit and like i feel like this hole has been blasted through my chest and like everything's just like emptying out of me so it was an energy strike and dr strange yeah, just kind of idea. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly like that. It's, okay. uh, it was that. Like I said, Marvel movie. Yeah, Marvel movie. Perfect. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. That's perfect. That's where I'm at right now. It's yeah. probably the bourbon. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I come out of this I come out of the meditation gasping for air. Okay. Because it's it was really, really it was a really real meditation. Like it felt real to me. You were That's, you were so into it that hard. Yes. It, it was I was that. so into it that hard. Okay. I've only ever done anything remotely close to that on one occasion. Yeah. Um but it was it was one of those things where it was when I was uh I was out for a run. Mm-hmm. Um oh man, when was this? I've never told this story before ever to anybody. Really? Yeah. So you tell exclusive. It now? Yeah, totally. I'm I'm totally down with it. It, it doesn't take that long. Um we're, we're peaking. How are we doing? Yeah. Are people commenting and stuff? If you want to leave comments, do it. If not, cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, by the way, before we go any further, all of the audio that we're recording right now will be published on uh, Spotify yes. as its own uh, chunk episode. We'll do my mom's youngest brother from the same mom 
or whatever the title is. Yeah, uh, figure something out. Instagram live episode or whatever it is. Yeah. People will know. You'll know. Yeah, um, we'll anyway, so so um, I was out for a run. I was on a long run. And the thing with me being, um, I was at the time, I was kind of the top dog, like first in the pecking order mm-hmm. um, um, athlete. Um, and so I I was out. And the thing about being that guy is that you tra- you kind of train alone a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I was out for a run. I was out on a long run, which happened every Sunday. I, uh, I, I think I was slated to do like a, like an 18 or 19 mile run. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, we, I, I started the run with my teammates and then they all had their respective turnaround spots. Yeah. Right. And it was just like an out and back run. Um, and so I'm running by myself and I'm running down this road in, you know, Western Bismarck and Bismarck, yeah, good old Bismarck. Yeah, I've been there. Yep. Um, <laughs> shout out to the old dirty biz. Uh, <laughs> I went to a um, carnival in Bismarck. <laughs> carnival? Oh, dude. Was it in the parking lot of the mall? <laughs> I think, I don't even think there was a mall when I went. I oh, went okay. to Bismarck at any rate. 92. <laughs> yeah, at any rate. So I, I was going out, I was, yeah, so 19-ish miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I after they had turned around, um, I, every time that I did that, I jumped into some sort of like, you know, introspective stuff yeah. because like with, well, when you're running is really meditative too. And it's repetitive metronomic yes. Which rhythm. Is the perfect thing you want to get into a meditative state. Yeah. And yeah. so that's when they talk about flow state. Yep. And it's when they well, talk about the second wind. Is. That's what yes. it, it's exactly what it is. Yes. There's a lot of parallels between be like, Oh, journeying and flow state. Like it's there's really close. And I'm so stoked to study that stuff in, in my degree because that's like sports psychology, you know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I get, um, I start doing the introspective thing and I got to the spot where I was so like, I, I I've, instead of an antelope or anything like that, I felt the, just the, what a, a hungry coyote feels. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the feeling that I was at. And it was like really kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which makes, you know, sense in other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I, it got to the spot where I now, when I describe the feeling, so what's it like to be so aerobically in shape? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what does it feel like to be able to run 22 miles all at once at yeah. like six ten per mile Yeah, and like that kind of stuff. And that's what I describe it as is you're a hungry coyote. That's cool. I like, like that. yeah. So anyway, that's my like own little that. small anecdote to, to no, a similar cool. thing that you've been through. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you, you have this fight with this Tengu. Yeah. So I have the fight with the Tengu. And the final blow, you feel these, these things pouring yeah, out so of I you. Don't, I don't win the fight. So it's just to be clear, I don't win the fight. Oh. I you sur- survived. I survived. That's right. That's right. There was no way I was going to win the fight. Yeah. I survived the fight. That was enough to give me the answer that I was seeking at that time. And it was, I think it was an answer on balance, balance points. And he gave it to me. He gave me the answer, though, in Japanese. Okay. Okay, hold on. So, okay, the, the, and, there's, and this there's is, two things. This is an important part of the story. Okay, so balance points first. So, I'm, since I'm a noob when it comes to Just blades. Just balance, uh, blade, uh, balance points, balance and pivot points for a sword. Like, where's the right place for it to balance compared to where the pivot, where it, like, if you were to hold it and hold it in your hand, where's the best place for it to pivot as you're oh, swinging Oh, got you, got you. Okay. So it, it was basically for proportions. I was looking for- Where the weight was for, distributed, all exact, that stuff. weight distribution, pivot points. Okay, okay, gotcha. Vibration nodes, blah, blah, blah. Geeks, sort, insert geek sword stuff here. Yeah. You know, so, but he gave me the answers in Japanese. And I honestly cannot remember the words that he used. But I remember when I came out of it, I had this big hole in my chest. I had to like do shamanic healing stuff to like heal up this hole, this energy hole that was in me because it was like really crazy feeling. Okay. You know, I was like, whoa. So I instantly like 
got on Google to Google these words and I couldn't find these words. So I was like, oh, well, fucking bullshit, you know? Like he said these words to me and I So you're in the them. you're in this uh sauna. Yeah, it's just in the bathtub. Oh, ba- oh just, yeah, that's just right. A hot okay, tub. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah. So I'm just in a hot tub. I come out of that, I get out. Honestly, it was late at night. I went to bed. I wrote everything down. I diaried it real quick. Mm-hmm. Then I went to bed because it was late at night. Got up the next day, hopped on the computer. I wanted to figure out what these what these terms were that he had told me. And I couldn't find them in the, in the standard Japanese dictionary. But I did find them. I had to do some research because they were older terms that were typically used in the northern mountains of Japan in an older dialect. Now, the Tengu tradition is that they lived in the northern mountains in Japan. Okay. I'm like... My first thought when I first looked was like, it's all bullshit, the imagination, right? But then things started to line up. But then I started doing deeper research. I'm like, oh, that comes from an older dialect and that was used more in the northern part of Japan. And everything starts to line up with the... And things start lining up with the Tengu. I'm like, maybe there's more to this than I thought. Yeah. But then then there's also, because I am a realist and I'm very grounded in reality, it's like, okay, but I've watched a lot of TV in my life. (laughs) So there could have been this coming from subconscious from way back when something. Because maybe I, what I had done is tapped into my subconscious sure, and found the answers that were in my subconscious from something, a documentary I'd seen when I was 10. Or a, a which, page that you glanced at in a Blade magazine. Exactly. Yeah. So totally, by, and, I still, and I still leave that there. Sure. Um, but we'll get to that when yeah. I wrap things up in a, at the end of a, okay. this whole thing on where that relates to. Okay. So, but the Tengu, the significance of the Tengu though. So they're tricksters. Um, you always have to give energy to get energy. Yeah. With the Tengu. Nothing's free. Everything. Nothing is ever free with them. Yeah. They, there is always a trade, you know, um, you got to be on your toes because they don't take no shit from nobody. There's a lot of similarities that build up with them and with my natural state of being. Yeah. Which is why I resonated with them so well. Yeah. Um, and so I go through this, figuring out that, figuring out that with the blades, with, with the definitions of the terms that came into my head and all that. And I'm like, cool. Okay. This is kind of making sense. And then about a month or two later, I'm like, I want to go talk to him again. Okay. So, so I go back into a meditative state. My Did antelope, you see your antelope? Same antelope thing. Comes in, antelope takes me back to where I can find him. I walk up to him and I says, thank you for the answer. I have another question. He's like, what makes you think you can deserve this question? I was like, you want to fight over it? And he just laughs and says, I like that. Then he took on his true Tengu form. Okay. Um, which was a little bit more bird-like, human-like. Bird-like. Okay, so the the form before that though was just kind of this homunculi I type of really, thing. Didn't really. Well, or? he was. He looked like a man, but it was obscured. I didn't ever get a kind of a look. shrouded face. It was very, so anime. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, dude, it totally was. <laughs> so it was anime. like I, I could never focus on it. <laughs> yeah, it's complete anime. That's so cool, man. And then the second time though is when I was I kind of was able to see him. So there's two versions of Tengu. There's the bird. Okay. And then there's the one that has the long nose. They look like a human with a long nose. Okay. The bird is the more of the primitive, and then they evolve into more of a human, but with a really long nose. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So this was, he was like mostly man with a little bit of bird, you know? So mostly was, man, but a little bit of bird. Yeah, okay. exactly. And, and so over the course of about a year, a couple times a month, I would journey and go and talk to him. Just about time. whatever. Just about whatever. And, and occasionally we'd, we'd spar. And I would give him information. He would give me information. What would you give him information about? Working on stuff in this realm. Oh, okay. Just whatever I had. He would ask me a question. I would answer it the best I could. 
we did a lot of fighting and sparring stuff okay. like that okay um and then slowly we became friends now in the shamanic practice that i do we have what's called our mental workshop we create a space that's our workshop whenever we want to learn something or work on something we can go to this workshop and literally like i've got a forge in my mental workshop which now, makes so much fucking sense of course so i go there and when i'm working on say fears i'm forging my fears like, Forge, forging your fears i'll forge I'll, I'll be like refining my fears like how do i get rid of this fear well in my brain how oh, so you works, weren't creating a fear you were working through working through a fear you're pounding the i'm working i'm filing it i'm grinding you're bending it, the bending gotcha it. gotcha okay so that's the mental workshop gotcha and in this mental workshop there's various other entities that that i have um met through the years of shamanism that are there there's a japanese bladesmith there's a native american shaman that visits there's this tengu who's there um other relatives have shown up other people have shown up to give me advice to relatives talk to them. Mm -hmm. like family relatives family relatives I yeah. have the, the ones that you saw been on the podcast <laughs> no they're all dead <laughs> i'm kidding okay but so things like that yeah. whether they're real or not i don't know okay it doesn't matter to me anymore it yeah. used to matter to me it doesn't anymore okay right um so but he's there and then over time, though, I was introduced to his like tribe, his group, his social circle, his cohort. Yeah, his cohort of okay. Tengu, of other Tengu, and I became a part of their like their little village, their group. They they welcomed me as one of them. And as part of thanking them for gifting me all this stuff, because they're vain. Okay. Teng Tengu tend to be pretty vain. They thought it was pretty cool that I was getting a full back tattoo of them on me. They're like, "Wow, you you are literally committing." like a permanent piece of your life to us you're one of the family dude come on in bro <laughs> all right you know so that's what Damn. the tengu is there's a lot of spiritual meaning for me with the tengu because they helped me through a rough time in my life in my in my my head yeah so here's where it gets interesting oh oh <laughs> <laughs> fuck you jared come on <laughs> was it all real like people because people ask me so do you really believe the tengu are real okay i says yes and no i don't know it okay doesn't, it doesn't matter all right like what do you mean it doesn't matter if they're real it says it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if everything that i've in all of these journeys i've done in shamanism it doesn't matter if they actually happened or not what matters is did i learn the lesson from it because that's what it's really about. That's okay. I got you there. It's yeah, not that makes a, sense. It's not about are the Tengu real and am I a part of their tribe and do they give me information? What it's about is did I get the lessons I needed from that experience? That goes into subjective truth. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And did it all take place in my head? Yes. Did it actually happen in the ethereal realm? Maybe. But I can't prove it. Yeah. And I don't even want to try to prove it. Yeah. And I don't care if anybody agrees with me or not. But it did happen in my head. And was, I did learn a lot from it. And I've become a better person because of it. Okay. Boom. Done. I'm the big winner. Yeah. That's all I need out of it. That's yeah. all I need to be good with it. And yeah. that's the issue I have with a lot of the organized religions. Is they're trying to make the religion the most important part. Not the lesson for the person from the religion. Okay. Yeah, no, the priority there seems to be misplaced from what mm -hmm. you're saying, from what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, For that me. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I don't yeah. get hung up on whether shamanism is real. I don't or get hung up. Or if Tengus are real. Or, or, or whether Tengu are real. Now, I'll tell you this. 
I do believe Tengu are real. And the only reason why is because it'd be so fucking cool if they were. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Oh. Like Bigfoot. Dude, I want Bigfoot to be real so dude, bad. Dude, I'm, I'm That'd so... That'd be so amazing. I am so in the same boat, dude. Yeah. Like, like I want I want Nessie. Is it I want... possible? Yes. Is it probable? Nah, uh, no. Nah, no, it's not. But man, it'd be so cool. Well, so just because I want the magic. Yeah, that's no. why. Yeah, the the mythical part it's of the it. Mythical There's, part of life. I, I, want I would that say myth and magic in my life. While it is not real, it still provides something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, that's exactly. It's it. and, still and I, valuable in a way. There's massive amounts of value in that. Yeah. You know, because it keeps it, that that myth and magic keeps life fun. Because dude, life is pretty fucking monotonous. And man. it really is not great. <laughs> no, it gets rough, and you got to have some funness. Cool. Awesome. But that, yeah, that's 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 a big Tengu piece. That's the Tengu piece. Do you want to show the camera? Yeah, I can show the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Go ahead and take the headphones off there. Holy cow, this is exclusive, guys. Do you understand? Okay. Uh, yeah, scooch over. <laughs> you might have to go to the edge over here. Yeah. Look at that, dude. Holy cow, with like the eyes and then the bird. What's the crown or the hat thing? So they wore a hat. Um, they were double as Shinto priests, but the hat was a cup that if they found a guy who needed water, they would have a cup to give to, give to water if they needed water. Damn, that is absolutely... So you see there's so much... You were talking about like the um, the man or more man than bird, and you see like the cheekbones of a human skull, yep. you see like the hair and the ears with the pointed ears and stuff. Yep. Dude, that is absolutely exquisite. Yeah, almost I gotta get it done. Do you think Jared would be willing to have us do a shout out? <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Jared. It's a great piece. You're a wonderful artist. Yes. Um, Amazing artist. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad that we got to that. And the shamanism part is still something that I want to talk about with your drum circle story in Liberty Park. Yes. Well, it wasn't Liberty Park. Oh, it wasn't Liberty Park. No, no it wasn't Liberty Park. It was at a person's home. It was at, it was at a, big, uh, a big shamanic workshop that I was doing with a guy. Oh, okay. I didn't know yes. that. Yes, yes. I'm just saying Liberty Park because it, I... That's I, where all the hippies drum. That's God, where all the hippies drum. Stinky hippies. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yes. It's, but a yeah, good, if it, it's a good time if you don't like Old Spice. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that yeah. is that is that is a, a portion of the shamanism stuff. You know? Okay, I love shamanism, and I still—I'll be honest with you—I still journey. I still go talk to Tengu. How, how often? Once a month. Once a month. Still. That's so cool. I was going to ask you that if you yes, still continue I, I, to. I still do. Not as much as I used to. No, but okay. I still do. Yes. Okay. It's it's it was a oh, man. I did it. I did it really, pretty steadily for, I'm saying probably 15, 16 years really yeah. how when you were doing it super consistently how often was that consistency well my journeying would be four or five six times a week oh, almost nightly almost nightly well because you know how like if you're if you're doing a, a buddhist practice and you're meditating you meditate 15 20 minutes a day yeah so you do when you journey you, you'll feel like you're gone for a day you'll journey for 10 minutes very similar to the time dilation time thing is, that time yeah. is completely relative yeah yeah completely relative which is objective science objective science wow yeah holy shit and i do it because it's fun and i do it because i still learn i'm still learning from myself okay i look at it as i'm learning from myself well i look at it as i'm learning from them because that's funner than just saying oh, i'm learning from myself yeah but no really honestly you're learning from yourself yeah it's, it's just the manifestations that you come it's up with whatever your brain needs to interpret it 
to make it so you can realize it. And the most meaning and yes. the most impactful. Because our subconscious records literally every fucking thing we see in here. <laughs> yeah. It's all just packed in, but our conscious can't can't register. It can't process all that information. It's impossible for it to. Yeah, totally. That's what journeying does. It allows you to access the deeper part. This is me. Yeah. According to Jared. Yeah. Is that the shamanism, the 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 Buddhist meditations, all that stuff, is just allowing our conscious state to get in a refined enough place to access our subconscious or hyperconscious, whatever you want to call it. Whatever yeah. it has that literally records everything we see, hear, or feel. Yeah. And access it and interpret it and learn from it and then to be able to bring it back and apply it. Gotcha. That's all it is. It's not God, it's not Satan, it's not heaven, hell. No, it's none of that shit. Okay. There's if, two, there's if, yeah. there's three stories that I want to or two stories and one thing that I want to ask you about shamanistic stuff. And I don't know how long this live is gonna go. It'll just go. It'll just go. <laughs> Sick. Um so first one, why an antelope? That's what presented itself to me. When did you know it was an antelope? Or what was the okay, the, the drum circle to... thing? So, so about. the main drum circle was the wolf. I'm trying to remember when the antelope came. Was it the uh, in the desert chasing it? That was when it was confirmed. Because uh -huh. I had two different instances. So my spirit animals are the antelope and the wolf. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm trying to remember. The antelope was the first one that I got. I can't remember the journey that I went on for the antelope. Wasn't it the tracks in the snow? Well, that was what, so when you, in, in, in the, the shamanistic mode model that I followed, okay, you go on a journey to find your spirit animal or, you know, to access your spirit animal. So you have a journey. You're, you're Patronus. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that'd make you mad. <laughs> no. So yes, you're Patronus or Patroni because I have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so, so you go on a journey to get to find your spirit animal yeah. and then you'll you'll know it's confirmed because you'll have an interaction in physic in the physical world with that particular with that particular animal yeah yes okay. so then the one smart ass thing was what if it's a whale and you live in iowa which which my teacher says then you'll probably be watching a tv show and it'll look at you and then just carried on with the class <laughs> yeah okay but so I had a journey where an antelope had come to me and I, I honestly, I think I've actually got it written down in a diary somewhere, but I don't Sweet. remember that journey. Okay. But I do remember quite vividly when it was confirmed that it was the antelope. Um, do you, were you there? You were born. When? I think you were a little when I had the antelope incident. No, that was Arkin. He was a baby at the time. That was Arkin. That's right. So that was Arkin. So Arkin was a baby. Me and my wife, Shannon at the time, we were out just having a drive. I think we were, we were actually we were out Pony Express Road. We were just driving, just sure. having a drive. I think it was a Sunday afternoon or something. Okay. And a nice day driving. Yeah. It was it was kind of a windy, snowy, wet day, but we were just out driving. And uh, <clears throat> and we're driving down Pony Express Road, and I see what looked like a sign. I'm like, oh, it's a sign. No, wait, that's an antelope. And it was just one antelope right on the edge of the road staring right at us. And I was like, whoa, an antelope. I just had my antelope thing. This is like a thing. And I just swerve off the road. I park real quick. And I get out. I grab my quarterstaff because I was training quarterstaff at the time. 
and the antelope looks at me and then there was another one right next to it that i didn't see before and they both look at me and i'm like i'm gonna go running grab my quarter staff i said i'm like the shan's sitting there with argus Ar- Ar- is the baby and i'm like i'll be back boom and they take off running they look at me and they start running so i start chasing after them fast as i can go so you were literally running as fast as i can now it had rained like the day before and it was wintry so a little bit cold so the ground though this is really important the ground was like that perfect tracking mud not too yes. sloppy and this that's right this was just after i'd gone to tom brown so oh, i'd gone to tom yeah. brown tracker school so i was in so i was in <laughs> martial arts mode shaman mode tracker mode because i was just like this was like the year after tracker school for me yeah so yeah i was like i was tracking a lot i was doing a lot of martial arts i was studying shamanism you know i was like this was the this is what you the destiny yeah. <laughs> yeah so so i'm looking down and they're they're scooting ahead of me and they're just booking so i'm running after them i'm looking at their tracks it's like the perfect tracking mud like perfectly clear antelope trends yeah and there's two of them and they're obviously way faster than me right yeah so i'm following them then they go up and over this rise and then boom they're gone that's no problem it's perfect tracking mud so i'm watching the tracks and then the tracks split so now you have a choice i have a choice so i hop to the left just on instinct i shoot to the left i'm following the tracks and then the tracks stop they just stop and i'm like hmm he jumped okay so i started doing circles to try to find where he spiral out yes spiral out there is no fucking track this antelope stopped and disappeared so i'm like okay cool so i run back to where it forks i find the fork super easy perfect tracking conditions i hit the right fork i'm dead run as fast as i can following those tracks running 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 all the sagebrush now this is west desert so there's tons of sagebrush you know there's no scrub oak there's no juniper there's no pinion pine it's just sagebrush out in these fields yeah I go running. The sagebrush opens up into this huge clearing about the diameter of my house. So okay. big, old, big old, and that's not uncommon to find. No, you, you find you, that quite a bit out in the desert. There's like weird, almost <clears throat> islands of no sage. Exactly. Yeah. So these tracks run in almost to the exact center of that circle. No Same things. Same thing. No more tracks. They disappear. I'm like, wait, what the just, fuck? Just gone. Yes, just gone. Like, even I'm like, no, nah, because the last one I'm sure just took off through the bush and I couldn't find the track. Like, that was, I was, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to rationalize, right? Yeah. I'm not a hoodoo voodoo spooky guy all that much. Like, I'm trying to really rationalize physical world. I'm standing here. I can see the tracks. I've been following these tracks. I'm in like a 40 or 50 foot diameter circle. I'm in the center of this circle and I see the tracks end. Just end end and there is no more tracks and i'm like yep antelope's my spirit animal and so i Damn. said i said a little thank you and all that stuff and i walked back to the car and you and, pressed f to pay respects yeah and then i walked back to the car and i was like okay that was freaky <clears throat> Damn. so what did shanna say after you got back in the car not much oh no she was pissed her story is that arkin was pissing into the wind Oh, that's right. Oh, really? <laughs> he had to go pee, yeah. That's awesome. So he had to get up and pee. And, yeah, he yeah. had to try to pee. And then she was pregnant, I think, with me. Yes, yeah, that's right. She was. She was pregnant with you at the and, time. Yeah, she yeah. had to pee, but she wasn't about to go out there. And then Arkin was pissing into the wind on himself. <laughs> that's awesome. 
That's so funny. So one guy's, you know, great magical moments and another person's pissing in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly poetic. Yeah. Weirdly poetic. Okay, so then the so, next part is the wolf. So that's the antelope story. That's the antelope. And then, and then the wolf okay, story. Okay, but hold on. So yes. you said with the going in the desert part with the confirmation of the antelope. Yes. What was that? That was that. Oh, that's okay. That's gotcha. what we just okay. talked about. Okay, yeah, okay, that gotcha, was gotcha. that was the the desert antelope. Confirmation okay. was that. Okay. And that is that to this day is still one of the most significant physical things that reinforces the shamanic beliefs to me. Oh yeah, I apologize. I thought that there was yeah. there was another part of it. That's what that confirmation, yes. of course. Okay, yeah, you said yep. duh. Okay, yep. got it. That's My it. bad. My bad. Anyway, so ah, because I think I think the antelope. No. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Yeah, but that was that was that physical confirmation. But you were saying that the, the that the that experience was the most <clears throat> to this day, like an actual physical, like hard feel empirical physical evidence that reinforced a highly esoteric shamanic um, experience. Okay. Meaning, I have this really intense shamanic experience that completely takes place in my head. Yeah. And then. I have a very empirical physical thing that happens that reinforces it. Okay. It, it, it's kind of, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, that is that freaky, is. dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the antelope. That's the antelope. The drum circle is the wolf. You want to hear about the wolf? Absolutely. Okay. The wolf's, wolf's another interesting one. Okay. So. All right. We're gearing in. This is great, dude. <laughs> this is so good. We'll just go for it. Yep. Okay. So a couple few years later, I know you're definitely alive by this time. Because I had the purple truck during yeah. this one. I remember the purple truck. Purple truck. I love yeah. my purple truck. Is yeah. it in Washington now? No, it's in a junkyard now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was in yeah. Washington. So I'm at another uh, shamanic weekend workshop with my teacher. There was probably seven or eight people at this one. It was at a house up in, I don't know, Murray or Sugar House or somewhere. Something like that. Yeah. So it's like a three-day event. We have all sorts of crazy, cool, awesome stuff happen throughout the weekend. I won't get into those details. Sure. But- my teacher really enjoyed doing drum circles. I fucking hate drum circles. <laughs> fucking stinky, fucking unshowered hippies. <laughs> I, I struggle with the hippies in the 90s, okay? <laughs> so I had some bias there. So he's like, we're going to do a drum circle. I'm like, fuck, drum circle. I don't want to fucking do a drum circle. Like, I get it. I study shamanism. I should be into this, but I don't want to do a fucking drum circle. You know, and and he he looks over. And he's like, "Trust me, you'll like it." I'm like, "Okay, open the mind. Don't be a dick. Let's just let's do the drum circle." So, it's like I think we started the drum circle at like eleven, and we were just gonna go till it ended. I think it ended at like two in the morning or something. It was a long one, um, but they're drumming along, they're beating along, they're doing their things, and I'm kind of getting in the groove. I've, I've, I'm finding a rhythm in the cadence of the drums to get myself into a really nice yeah. meditative journeying state. Got it. And I finally, after about a half hour, I'm fine. I, I got it. I was in the rhythm. I was like, you were okay. in, you were in the zone. I was able Flow to, state. I was able to finally cool. get rid of all of my, all of the, the, the preconceived notions and all these things of drum circles that I'd held on. I was actually able to get into the flow state of the drum circle. I was like, Oh, I get it. There's a rhythm, but everybody, everybody's taking. So we had one drum. That was his drum. There's one drum. One person starts the circle. When he feels, he passes it to the next person. So what you start doing is everybody's drumming at their frequency. 
and then you are tuning into that person's frequency. It's a, it's a vehicle to learn how to tune into other people. So you're learning to tune into this person's rhythm. You went from anime to just hard weed. <laughs> oh, it gets so, better. Dude, that's the, so I'm, awesome, I'm pretty sure the mushrooms and acids coming here. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> dude, that's so cool, man. <laughs> so so we're going through the drum, and then the drum goes to another person, and I'm just like chilling. I'm having fun. That beat is Alan. <laughs> exactly. That's not far off. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I'm not really in any place. I'm just, I'm just kind of riding... You're tuning you know, in. really good weed and a really good song comes on and then suddenly you're just like flowing with the song. That's exactly where I was. Okay. Like I was just, I was following the, the cadence and the rhythm of the drum. Gotcha. And then suddenly I opened my eyes and the guy that had the drum is like, it was like, oh, it's my turn. Like it was literally like that. I was like, oh, it's my turn. And it was like this perfect, like effortless flow. But right? you didn't know that now he didn't no, like tap you on the nobody shoulder. Nobody tapped me on the shoulder or nothing. It was just like, I opened my eyes and he opened his eyes and it was like this perfect little flow, which Damn. was uncommon. That kind of happens a lot when you're working with these people for multiple days and you're doing a lot of really heavy esoteric journeying and work and stuff. So you get, you get pretty in tune with the people you're with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. All right. I'm not a drummer. I'm a white boy with no rhythm. Let's see, let's see what I can do here. You dump, know? Dump, dump, dump. That's exactly this. I'm like, dump, dump, dump. And I close my eyes. I'm like, okay, just, just lose yourself. Just let yourself go with the drum, right? So I start beating the drum quicker, beating the drum quicker. Suddenly I'm on like this ridge line. It's night. There's a full moon. Wait, hold on. So all in of the sudden. In my mind, in my mind. Yes, literally like I go from like, okay, just get into the rhythm, get into the rhythm. <laughs> Boom, I am on a ridge top in my mind because I had my eyes closed. Yeah. So, so I'm in a drum circle, right? I've been prepping this for three days with a shamanic workshop. So I'm really in a heightened spiritual state in my brain at this time, Yeah. right? So I'm drumming and then boom, instantly I'm on this ridge top. It's a full moon. It's in the middle of the desert. Like it's just gorgeous. You know Dude, that, that oh, desert so air, the juniper cool. in the air, you know, it's so crisp. So cool, love yeah. that, love so that. I'm right there. Oh, that and stuff's so cool. This wolf pack runs up to me. How many? Um, probably a half a dozen. Okay. Six or seven wolves. And they're they're good size, you know, and they're like, run with us. I'm just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I turn into a wolf and I start running with these wolves. Okay. So and this is all happening with the meditative with, drum. And I, I'm drumming, I'm drumming this whole time. So my body is drumming. See, I'm getting the chills. Just remembering. Oh, just remembering man, this. dude. Oh, so dude, that's so cool. <laughs> my body's drumming. Okay. But I'm not in my body. I am now a wolf running with a pack in the full moon on these ridge lines in the desert. Yeah. And we're just going. And then we run and we're playing and we're romping and I am a wolf. You're a fucking wolf. I'm a fucking wolf, you know? running and playing and jumping and doing all this stuff and then Fucking we, hashtag team jacob dude that's dude, awesome well and then we come around <laughs> no not hashtag I, I knew that would make you mad <laughs> <laughs> well so we we finish the run with the pack and we find the alpha i'm not the alpha in this pack sure. oh no 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 the alpha in this pack is like a fucking dire wolf huge i'm talking like i'm i i we run to the end we find we come up to the alpha i turn back into human form and his head's about here to me. Okay. So massive, massive, massive alpha wolf, you know, and he gives me a name. 
so I was named. That was where I got my esoteric name was from this wolf. What was the name? Uh, Little Tooth. Little Tooth. Little Tooth. Small Fang. Little Tooth. Small Fang. Little Tooth. Yep. Uh, in the Japanese tradition from that side, it was Kwaiken, which is a small knife. Kwaiken. Which is a small knife. Little Tooth. Petri, Sarah. They were making fun of me because I had small teeth and no claws. Oh, so there's a little bit of a roast culture that goes yeah, on with wolves. That, it's all good, man. <laughs> you know, you got to pay your dues. Dude. But, uh, but part of the wolf is he wasn't all nice and happy about it. Like, it's just like the Tengu. You better earn your keep. Like, he put me in my put me in my place. Like, there wasn't this, like, you're part of us now. He's like, exactly. you got to earn your keep if you want to come around. Yeah. It was like, and he growled me, and he bared the teeth a little bit, and he gave me my name and says, watch just watch yourself you got to earn it you're not just here you got to earn it we've we've given you an invite but you still have to earn it okay and then i'm like awesome i'm like hard on from hell right now this is just the coolest <laughs> shit ever you know that's I'm so like, that's so this, hippie to be like getting a boner while you're yeah, <laughs> this is just so cool you know and and then it's like and then they fade away and the moon fades away the ridge line fades away and i open my eyes and the, my drumming is done, and I pass the drum on. Drum circle goes on for about another 45 minutes or so. Do you get the drum again? No. Everybody just drummed. Well, it was just kind of how the flow went. I never drummed again. That was cool. But there were other people that had but had. other people okay. were drumming, okay. yes. Uh, not, and not everybody drummed, but most everybody drummed. Yeah. All right. So I think about 2 o'clock, the drum circle finally just peters out and ends. We all kind of open our eyes and like take a big deep breath. We turn the light back on. We had some candles going. And this is in the house. This is in the house. Yep. We turn the light back on. Dale says, all right, so anybody got anything they want? Dale's my teacher. Anybody got anything they want to say? Any experiences they wish to relate? And did you like, hey guys, guess what? No. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No. Another guy says... Yeah, did anybody else see that big fucking wolf that ran through the living room? And another guy says, yes, whose was that? And Dale looks over at me and smiles. And I'm just like, he was mine. <laughs> wait, wait, what? So multiple other people in the group saw the wolf. Okay. In the living room. So I'm trying to figure out how the mechanism of that would be, be able, like that sensation that... I don't try to explain it. Well, I'm going to try. <laughs> maybe. <Have at> maybe. <laughs> and this is just me thinking about it. Uh, this is my reaction to that. Mm -hmm. Maybe people... I mean, you were talking about matching frequencies. The, honestly, that's what it is. Tuning uh, in. They were tuning in so hard to, to your drum that they saw what was going on in my They head. felt... ESP. ESP. Holy shit, yeah. dude. That's what... Honestly, that's where I come with it from. Well, no. I believe that I do run with the wolves because that's fun. But when I break okay. it down reality-wise, when I really think of it, we're in a physical world, physical realm, Right. Resonant frequency is a pretty powerful thing. We yeah. know this. Yeah. I think, honestly, it is that. They were so, those people that were able to see that were so, they were right there on my frequency. And they were able to see what I was seeing in my head. They were literally seeing inside my brain. Holy shit. Yeah. Pretty cool shit. That's some gnarly motherfucking shit, yeah. dude. It's cool. Wow. Yeah. 
That is absolutely well, and insane. That's, and I think honestly, so we, so you go back, so a little tangent here, you yeah. go back and you hear all these, like, how could the ancients do this crazy stuff? Or how did the Mayans draw pictures of what looked like planes or whatever? Well, they didn't have TVs and radios to distract them. Yeah. They literally sat there once all the food stores were done and they had nothing else to do. They sat there and they thought, I wonder what, well, everybody wonders what it could be in the future. Well, maybe they were resonating with what it could be in the future and were able to actually glimpse the future. Damn. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a very interesting thought. But maybe that's what it is. And that's why it's not 100% accurate is because the future is not solid. So it's just these, these like. Blips, morphs, humunculi. These, these little spirally spider webs. Filtery veil thing yeah, and that we so were talking about. And okay. so they're getting these vague ideas of what a frequency could be in the future. And then that's how they're they're conscious I don't know, and then maybe, maybe their interpretation of that blob just so happened to look like a plane exactly exactly okay yes okay so there's a little bit of or that. what if i could ride a bird yeah what would that look what like? would that look like oh yeah you know. of course it would look like we're riding a plane okay yeah. so so i'm glad that that was the wolf part yep that is the wolf. did you have any sort of physical confirmation with wolves <laughs> i tried to you tried to yeah i went to the zoo <laughs> the wolf ignored me the whole goddamn time. Wouldn't Fuck. Like, Fuck. God damn it. That sucks. Anyway. No, but that was that. So that was the physical act. The fact that multiple people were like, so who saw oh, the wolf? Oh, damn, dude. Yeah. That's some gnarly shit. It didn't shit. happen a week or two or a month later. It literally happened within the same hour. Yeah. 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 Whoa. And then I got, I, I relayed that to a couple friends and I got so much fucking wolf shit for the next four years. <laughs> Look at Jared. Oh, he thinks he's a wolf. Dad, right there, the blanket. A yeah, wolf that's blanket. Still, dude, I had, I had boxes of wolf shit that people were giving me. I'm like, no, I'm not obsessed with wolves. It's just my spirit animal. I'm not obsessed with wolves at all. I personally, well, I won't even say that. Never mind. I'm going to go down that road. Too political. But I'm not a wolf fanatic guy. I'm not yeah. blowing wolf because it's cool. No, that's not. Yeah. No, no. The wolf has a very sacred meaning to me. Okay. In, in the shamanic realm, it's the protector. The, the, the antelope is the healing side. The antelope is a healing totem for me, and okay. the wolf is the protector totem. The healing wolf protects totem, the antelope to be able to to do his healing in a safe area. The warrior and the doctor. That's exactly it. The warrior and the healer. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they are for me. But am I obsessed with wolves? Fuck no. So don't like, send wolf shit to no, you. No, I don't want to hear it here first, shit. everybody. I do not send. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or antelope shit. Yeah. You know. Did you ever get one of those wolf t-shirts that are fucking dope no. as shit? No. Dude, I love those shirts, man. I don't have no, I need to get some. Am I gonna, get one. Is one going to be in the mail? <laughs> uh, from, from me. Yeah. Um, okay. So that the and just for the for the idea of this this live um, thing and and all that, I think and we'll 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 wrap up this section with the everything else um, with this because you're talking about shamanism. You're talking mm -hmm. about frequencies. You're talking about how different ideas can match up and be the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of idea. And then I wanted to ask you and retell your theory that you told me about how Jesus and Satan. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this one up. And how Jesus and Satan are the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. Oh, okay. So yeah. No, the, no, 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 no. Jesus and Satan are the same thing. But that thing, that that whatever but that Jesus was. Jesus is actually the devil. Okay. So that's what I mean by that. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Oh boy. Okay. I'm ready. Oh, and you can go into where Jesus was actually 
that that was actually the second coming is already happening. We're living in the millennium now. When Jesus showed up in the, as, <laughs> as reference. No, but so, okay. so Jesus is the devil. Okay. I haven't talked about this in a while, so let me... <laughs> Let me get my 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 demon hat on. Let me get my yeah your blasphemer my blasphemer hat. Yeah, yes. Let's the, put on so, your heretic okay, hat. So Jesus is the devil, right? Okay. Yes, this is a fun one. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Let me let me gather my thoughts on this one so I can say it in a way that that really works. Um. Uh, from what I remember, yeah, I might be able to help, help jog your memory. Help, help jog a little bit. So, what I remember is that Satan's whole thing in this Mormon pre-existence battle war. Okay, there. We, thank you for getting me back on track. Okay, so the one only solution, yes. one way. I am the only way. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. so, so in as I was taught in Sunday school growing up. Okay. The war in heaven, right? So you have God, and then you have the angel. You have Jesus and the devil. It's been a reference to the podcast before. Yes. Yep. So whatever the devil's name was before then, I don't know. We'll call him Jesus and the devil are sitting there Lucifer. before God. Lucifer, yes. Yes. So they're sitting there, and they're like, okay, we need to make a plan. We got this cool planet going on. We're putting all these people down there. Let's make a plan so they all can come back home, right? Because God loves his supposedly God loves his kids and wants them all to come home. I don't want to get too far down a different tangent, Jared. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm so, just kidding. <laughs> so there's two ideas. Okay. One is let's give them free agency to choose. They can, they can find the experiences. They can choose. They have a complete free agency to live their life, have the experiences and all that. Okay, that could be sketchy. The other one is because they're they're gonna choose weird things. Yeah, they're gonna choose weird things. They might not be perfect and righteous, but eh, free. But everybody needs free agency. Free agency. That was the right to choose. Jesus's. That was choice, right? so according to Mormon cosmology. Yep, yep. That was the side of Jesus. The good. Yes, Jesus' good. side was everybody has free agency to that was, choose what they want. That was what they were fighting for. Yes, they were fighting for free agency. Gotcha. Lucifer's plan was no, give them one way back so that everybody has to come back. And that way we get everybody and back. And that way we get everybody back, but yeah. only one way. Yeah. They have to do it one way. Yeah. No, that's wrong. You are banished. Whether you're black skin, whatever, however you want to believe he was banished. Well, I mean, sent to yeah. hell. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. There's whatever that belief is. Anyways. That's Lucifer's. He's bad. He's banished because he wanted to take people's free agency away from him, from them. Yeah. Okay. So he's cast down. Fallen angel. Fallen angel. Lucifer's the bad dude, right? Yeah. Enter Jesus, son of God. He is the chosen, the savior, blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now he is stating... Through my blood, through my body. <laughs> so not only is he saying he's the only way back to God, you got to eat the fucker to get back to God. <laughs> so now you got to you gotta imagine you're a cannibal. For, well, <laughs> when you think, well, actually, when you think about it is you're eating the carcass. Yes. So you're eating zombie Jesus. Yes, you're eating zombie Jesus. Because so, he was <laughs> redeemed and brought back to life. Yes. Okay, reanimated. So, so he has his life. And and I will say this. If you study a lot of Jesus's early teachings, they, they mirror very closely to Buddhist teachings, which are great. Yeah. So honestly, I just think he just studied a lot of Buddhism. 
Okay. But that's a book you can read. It's called Lamb. Lamb. Such a good book. Is it? Okay. I'll oh, have to pick it up. It's by Christopher Moore. Christopher Moore. Okay. Yeah. Childhood Life of Jesus as told by his best friend Biff. Oh my God. You will never laugh so much in your life. Oh, dude. I gotta, I gotta, it's amazing. I got to get it. I got to yes. get it. But anyway, okay. so so Jesus spends his life. Um, he's a savior. He's healing people. He's doing miracles. He's, you know, hanging out with whores and prostitutes. Yep. And he's kicking people out of the temple. Like, he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Honestly, you really think about it, like, he is shaking all the right fucking trees. Yeah. He's pissing off all the right people, and he's making friends with all the right people. Yeah. You know, he is the American guy. Yeah. He's hanging with whores, and he's, and he's getting, and he's beating out the, the rich people. He's bringing everybody together. He's healing the lepers. He's, he's a cool dude. He's beating up tax collectors. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's an awesome dude. That's pretty American. Yeah, he's bringing everybody in. <laughs> you know, and then he starts getting his following. And and then you know the whole Last Supper stuff, he he brings the sacrament in through me. You can get to God through me. That's that, that's through him. That's, you've, you've suddenly taken away free agency. Now you have an ultimatum. You go through him or you go to hell. That's not free agency. That's an ultimatum. I pull a gun. I say, give me your wallet or you die. You have a choice, sure, but. But it's an ultimatum. Yeah, that's Whereas not the devil, a choice. The devil's over here, like, yeah, smoke a joint. Yeah, have some sex. It's cool. Just learn from it. Yeah. It's cool. No big deal. Just yeah, like, you, you, you'll probably have a rough road if you go down the heroin train for a while. You're not probably, it's going to be bad. You know, you're not going to go to hell for it, but you're not going to enjoy it. But if you can pull your head out of it, you'll probably learn a whole lot and be a better human being for it. Yeah. You know? The devil's whole thing all along is just experience. It's all experience. It's all free choice. It's what you do with it at the end that matters, not while you're in it. So Jesus but and Jesus, Lucifer, well, yeah. They they're on the wrong side of the fence. No. Or I, what I mean Jesus is like- was a fucking, Lucifer is a fucking genius, man. That's what I mean. Is yeah. it like- he was so smart enough yeah. to trick us into thinking. He played the righteous cup, the righteous card. Well, he played he played the, the zealot card. He played the, I'm scared of the unknown. If I give them one choice, they'll come back. He played off their fears. It's all fear-based. Everybody cannot deny that those religions are fear-based. The fact that they believe in heaven and hell Dude, this automatically is... makes it fear-based. Oh, and then so you play cool. off the fears. Suddenly, they have one choice. Fear of hell, promise of heaven. Fear of hell, promise of heaven. And through me. And only me. And only me and my blood. Take, partake of my blood, partake of my body. You can reach God. Through me, you can talk to God. You probably remember growing up how if you, you couldn't talk to God, only the prophet could. Yeah. yeah. Well, here was the thing with me, though. <clears throat> because I grew up with my mom and dad. Okay, I, I would consider myself a little bit of a of a yeah. You had a little bit better of a of an even keel there. Yeah, and so while my mom and dad did teach us about Jesus and the Book of Mormon and mm -hmm. all of that stuff, um, something that we for some reason stuck with me, or at least I never saw anything other than this way. But like, I remember being taught the history that when Joseph Smith first started everything, his the one of the biggest appeals. Mm -hmm. on very early days of the LDS church was that you can talk to God. Why do you need a... Anybody why, can talk to God. Anybody can talk to God. Yeah. I talk to God. 
Yeah. It's like, why, why do we have to have these, you know, the Pope and then this and then that and the yeah. whatever. Cause yeah. Joseph Smith's whole thing was mm -hmm. like, he, it was a 14 to 16 year old, depending on which history look or which one yeah. you look at. Yeah. Right. So he has this experience and he tells everybody, I saw God and that bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Mm -hmm. He's like, but why do we have to have everybody? No, I can't. Cause I'm a child of God. Yeah. And then, Oh gosh. When you think about it at that time, yep. dude, Joseph Smith knew what he was fucking doing. He was, he was a smart dude. Yeah. No very doubt about smart. It, he was very smart. You dude. cannot say yeah. that he was dumb. No. Well, and so here's, here's one thing I do like to say when I talk about the whole Jesus was the devil stuff as well. Do I believe that? No. But it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. But do I believe that? No. And here's why. I don't believe in Jesus and the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was a man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a man. But do I believe in the, No, I don't, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah. 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 It's all stories made up for, for the fear of man. It's yeah. like I don't believe in heaven and hell. I think it's, I think it's actually. It's really the fear good. of man or the fear of, or the fear of man. It's well, the fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. And, death. and man is really good at creating things to justify his fears. I was talking about this with. Uh, with a with another guest this last week, and that was one of the things that we talked about. Is uh, I don't I can't remember if it was on mic or not, but we said that like yeah, I think that fear or I think that God mm -hmm. is just man's coping mechanism. Totally, and that's it. Totally, yep. But wow. that's not to say I don't believe that there are entities at a godlike level. Okay, but we'll we'll get into that later. Sure, yeah. sure. So. The devil. <laughs> He's and a pretty good dude. That Read is, Job, A Comedy of Justice. That's a great book. That, I love that interpretation. What is it? It's a Heinlein book. Robert Heinlein wrote a book. It's called Job, A Comedy of Justice. Job, A Comedy of yeah. Justice. It's, it's a really good book. Okay. But the devil, he's just a misunderstood dude. He's actually pretty cool. You know, he's just really misunderstood. Jesus is kind of a prick. He just wants everybody to do it his way. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> mean, know? have you have you kept up on what the, the Church of Satanism has kind of been no, doing like politically? No. Oh man, it's actually like really freaking cool. So okay, because they're all just about experience. Well, that and like, uh, so this abortion stuff that got passed in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pretty some pretty gnarly laws came down, right? Yeah. Okay, and that's that's very that's putting it very mildly. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't want to get political with that. But yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. But to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, the Church of Satanism took it to court nice because it violates their religious beliefs nice and if texas is this god-fearing freedom yeah. of religion blue blood american yeah, constitution not duh, 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 yeah then they should they have to any any practicer or anybody who practices and it's also it's so brilliant um i could I, I could be wrong about this but i don't think i am um somebody fact check me if you want but um we getting people saying anything or just watching? No, just watching. Cool, Nobody awesome. Know. Hi, everybody. Um, but so uh, I think that it's part of the Satanist religion to advocate and provide access to, you know, uh, health care that could be like, mm -hmm. so like, you know, being willing or being able to give people abortions if they need it is part of their yep. religion, if that gotcha. makes sense, no, right? Makes sense. They're religiously pro-choice. Yeah. Okay, that's mm -hmm. a great way to, pe that, yeah. to put it, right? So when Texas came down with all these stuff or all this stuff about abortion, um, it they petitioned and they're just they're taking it to court right now about cool. like how and, and how they could say anybody who can come in who needs it, we can help provide that for you, mm -hmm. and that you'll be are protected by law because it's our religion and you you they can't yeah yep. see you later yeah and I think exactly. that's so cool yeah it is 
but it is that's damn. interesting yeah it's incredible that idea that the devil was so cunning and that makes sense right god duh well what's that what's that quote that's like the the best trick the devil ever pulled was to convince everybody that he didn't exist at all or something yeah. like that right well what there there is so there is a book i read oh, i can't remember the name of this book it was really impactful i read it in my teenage years is a can't remember the name of the book but the gist of it is there is a he was a native american kid on the reservation who was a who learned how to ride bucking bronx and he became like the world champ bucking bronc rider but he was ruthless and he would actually ride the horses so hard he would kill them and so he was like mean like this is the thing and there's a line in the book though the book's really really good because it's like this it's kind of a sad story actually yeah but there's a line in the book and they're talking about this guy who's like the best bronc rider in the world and he will actually he will run a horse till it dies till he wears it out because he's so good at it and the guy was relating him but he never won like championships or something like this and the guy says well how do we know he's that good if he won't ever ride a championship and the guy says the devil never had to kill anybody for everybody to know that he was the baddest man damn and i remember reading i was like i don't know i was like 13 or 14 it was like some middle school book i had to read right and i remember reading that line though like and hit you. The devil never had to kill anybody for everybody to know that he was the the worst or the baddest the or baddest something, or something like, that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That that line hit me. Yeah. You know, it was like, ooh, that's 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 powerful shit right there. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like, I mean, there's another saying that goes like, you don't when you're in a bar fight, the one you have to worry about the most is who says the least. Yeah. The quiet yeah. guy in the corner you got to watch out for. Yeah. Not the, the loud mouth in your face. Yeah, the guy who's being all <laughs> boisterous and whatever. He's yep. gonna go, He has a glass jaw, man. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with the guy who's just staring watch at his whiskey. For, watch out for the quiet dude in the corner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and I, think that's, and I think that's kind of a cool way to think about it. I mean, whether... I mean, I also don't believe in Satan, and I also don't believe that Jesus was I this... It's corny, honestly. It's corny, and it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, and so and I and some people need it. Yeah, I would some, agree. And so here's another thing I do want to also assert out there for me is yes, I say all this stuff against it, and that's for me. Yes, because I know some people if they didn't have that religion would be a really really bad person. Yeah, because the religion is the only thing that keeps them from doing from being a bad person. They yeah. need those really structural, rigid guidelines given to them, shoved down their throat to keep them being a good person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about familiar structure. Yeah, yeah. Some people need that. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally, Definitely. absolutely. Just absolutely. not me. Just fuck it all. <laughs> that was yeah. that way at a very, very young age. You know, very, yeah. very young age when I started questioning all of it. Yeah. So, and we'll get into that. Yeah, for sure. We'll end it there for the live one. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. That was great. Cool. Okay.